Hey there, listeners. This is ASU ONU. My name is Ryan Wynn, and I'm the Emerald's podcast editor and former ASUO reporter. Today, we're going to be talking about ASUO, and there's a lot to talk about. We created this podcast to give the average University of Oregon student a look into your student government, which controls, well, about $16 million. It also does a lot of stuff, from funding those sweet eat student bus passes to funding free football tickets. And I'm here to give you an inside look. Today we're discussing what is ASUO exactly, and here to answer that question, I have two wonderful guests, and I'll let you two introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Maria Alejandra Gallegos Chacon, and I use she, her, hers, and they, them, their pronouns, and I'm the Associate Students of University of Oregon President, which is your like student government body president. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Um, Hey everyone, my name is Amani Dorsey and I am the ACO Internal Vice President and I use she, her, and hers pronouns. So the first question that I want to ask, what exactly is the ACO? So um, it's kind of hard for me to make it really succinct what the ACO is, but I think from the way I've like related with it in my experience is it's a body that um, students are able to use, since they pay dues to it, they can um, control how things on campus are funded and things they want to advocate for, things they want to be involved in to enhance their university experience. Through that money, they can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The due that students pay is called the incidental fee, which I don't know if you've ever paid attention when you're like paying your tuition you see like all these like fees there's like a health eye fee and like incidental fees and then i think a different fee it's like 300 to 500 depending if you're in state out of state um you pay that a term and what that fee does is like you said i can fund like the free football tickets and basketball tickets from the ltd bus rides that are also they're not necessarily free because you are paying for them, but like you don't have to buy a ticket. And uh, we do like most student unions that are identity based and just so many different events that you that students in, like initially start. So that's how I think of it. But it is divided into like a more distinct government, but it governs money is what I would say mm-hmm. more than anything. Oh, yeah. So in summary... Our student government just manages all this money and decides where it goes and everything? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. I think I think money speaks. I think that's like a phrase people say. It's money, like money talks. Uh, and but like with our money, we can do a lot of like outreach to students or say something using the money because, I don't know, everything needs funding. So, yeah, you can do a lot with the, the money that we do have. And how many student groups work with ASUO in total? You mentioned ASUO works with most identity-based student groups. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. There is 220X. I don't remember the exact number, but it's 220 student groups. Um, And these are things like outdoor clubs to like identity-based groups like uh, Mecha or the Black Student Union like the Jewish student union. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of different unions. I mean, and it's not just identity-based. Like, there's also things like, you know, the speech and debate forensics club that they fund, we fund. Um, There's something here for everyone, especially after looking at all the things that we fund. There's 
got to be something you like within those. And if you don't find anything, you can actually start one. Um, and there's a process to get ASVO recognized. And when you're ASVO recognized, you get money. You get a budget so that you can have, like, events or travel or something like that. And ASVO manages all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I would say um, we... In terms of managing, it's it's like there's a very specific body that makes sure that like student groups like are like helped through the finance stuff. Okay, so you mentioned having a sort of structure. What what does ASUA structure look like? I got it right here. So <laughs> um, it's it's structured very similarly to like the real USA government. Um, so we have an executive, uh, which is usually made up of, um, by constitution, a chief executive officer, the ASU president, and two vice presidents, although I believe that's changing next year. And then they are allotted a cabinet. And then we have the ASUO Senate. Um, which I encourage you to think of it as like a legislative branch, um, which is usually like 20 to 24 Senate seats that represent different departments and finance committees. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Could you like give us an example of what a senator's role would be if it's like divided by department? Like, yes, perfect for that. Yeah. So (laughs) I actually used to serve on Senate seat 13 for English, English language and, uh, Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. English language and what? History. Bam. History. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, and like, as a, so we call those academic senators. And um, your job is essentially to be like, well, you have to be in that major. So you are somehow connected to one of those majors. And then like you are supposed to reach out to different departments and let them know like, hey, this is like a resource for students. I worked with like a lot of the identity based student groups, um, like reached out to Alexander Hamilton. That's not identity based, but it's part of the history. But I also worked with like like Black Student Union, Mecha, Mujeres, student groups like that and like what I would usually do is try to have my office hours like in the multicultural center so that folks could actually find me and like you help them like file papers if they're doing a special request or help them file for their budget the projectile budget and then um also like I think a lot of it is like advocacy because a lot of times like all senators have to sit on different committees and those committees can range from like student code of conduct to like the food insecurity task force. So much like our U.S. legislative branch, what do senators do when they meet up? You know. Mm-hmm. So I would say, um, but usually the the lengthiest part of Senate is um, the special budget request or special. Yes, special budget request, which is when maybe a student group wants to do an event they haven't done before. They don't have enough money in their already budget. So they come and ask for some money from surplus, um, which is kind of like a pot of leftover money from the year's budget. And so I would say a lot of times like senators will kind of ask students like, well, did you fundraise? Like, why is this this event in line with your mission and how does it align with ASUO's mission statement? And so that, I would say that's usually what takes longer because, like, you're asking a lot of questions to the student group that's coming. But then sometimes senators are also kind of asking questions and, like, trying to make the best, like, financially responsible while also serving the student body decision. They're the only body that really, like, has power to, like, work with the budget that has to come from the legislative section, which is the finance committees and Senate. Um, that's not something the executive can do. 
I would say it's mostly surplus, but now we might see more like resolutions of support or things like that. And when you mention resolutions of support, are you talking about things like last year's boycott, divest, sanction resolution? Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. What are some other like? Yeah. What are some we other we did another one um, in my year last year that was um, uh, against the pipeline. The pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, I forget the name of the resolution, but. Could you specify which pipeline? Just for. Context. I'd have to look it up. It was a pipeline that I think was actually going to go through Oregon because they talked about the water quality being uh, tampered with in Southern Oregon, and. And so it was just like a resolution from the Senate. And what a resolution does, it's more like a statement that like you can send to your like, you know, local government's office and be like, hey, like the whole ASUO uh, and they know who we are. They know. So we say like the whole ASUO, you know, opposes this pipeline going through Oregon. And just sorry to interrupt again, but Mm -hmm. when you say they, who exactly are you referring to? Oh, sorry. Like the... Salem. Well, I was thinking like the, yeah, like legislators in Salem, Mm -hmm. like your House of Representatives and Senate. Yeah, Yeah. they know. Yeah. Like, for example, the University Senate, which is made up of faculty members, um, they they pass resolutions as well. Um, And usually those get like a bit of attention, like they passed one this past year denouncing white supremacy. Um, And so that's something that like, for example, the president's office looks at, um, administration looks at and they kind of move forward with that. And lastly, the SUO has a judicial branch as well, right? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was like, I don't know (laughs) when to bring this up. Um, So yeah, Constitution Court. Um, They approve like resolutions that the Senate body passes. They approve any bylaws that change. They also um, oversee... There's an elections committee during elections, which I feel like you became familiar with, um, when there's like a grievance filed. Um, they also... Sorry to interrupt, but could you explain what exactly a grievance is? Can you explain what a grievance is? Yeah, a grievance is something that's filed against like a, like someone running for office or um, it can be someone who's like in, in office, right? Um, if they feel like they're in violation of some sort of rule or like policy that's under the ASUO, you can file that and then um, the grievance is like reviewed and then they can face some sort of like consequence or it's like overturned or something like that. I was also wondering how ASUO representatives, how are they chosen in the first place? Like for senators or is for executive if, um, ASUO members, how are they chosen? Yeah, I can speak on the, the executive cabinet because I was on that um, this past year under like the, well, I don't know, you for, you for you. Yeah, you for you. That was the, the past um, executive slate that won. Um, and, and just as a reminder, the ASUO cabinet, the ASUO executive cabinet works in a similar way to the U.S. presidential cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you only serve for like a year. Um, that's like the term limit here. Um, but I went through like a hiring process to be appointed to the executive cabinet. So much like the U.S. Um, U.S. government, the president can appoint a, a cabinet of executive members um, who like kind of specialize in different things. So I was the state affairs commissioner, um, which meant that I worked with kind of statewide governmental issues that were going on um, that related to like students and also like the U.S. government uh, executive cabinet cabinet members don't need to be confirmed or anything. Um, Whereas senators, if you're not elected, 
um, if you you'd also apply to be a senator, but you'd also need to be confirmed by the Senate mm-hmm. or uh, like a finance committee member. So if senators during the ASUO regular election are elected, do they still need to be confirmed? No. Mm-mm. No. So if you run in the regular springtime um, with a slate, which like I, I would assume everyone has a different method as to how they put together a slate, but um if they win at that time, then they're just, they got their role. There's no challenging. I think the reason that you have to be appointed to Senate or Finance Committee is because traditionally those seats are run for and elected. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're going to be, so my chief of staff and we hired a supervisor this year to help with hiring processes, actually. But just based on those two people hiring someone who they think is good isn't necessarily like, a good qualification for the whole student body, right? Like the only two people made the decision. So you then put them in front of the Senate that was elected by the student body. And then they usually ask them like their own kind of round of questions at a Senate meeting. And then they vote on whether to appoint them or not. Yeah. And it makes sense because senators are, they represent a constituency. Mm -hmm. And so them asking those questions is kind of them representing their constituency to hire the best person for Mm -hmm. like the student body. And then Concord is also appointed as well, but I don't, they are appointed by Senate, but you kind of have, I feel like there's very strict guidelines on, like you want to have law students on there. So it's kind of hard to find people to sit on Concord. So you don't usually get too much pushback. So with all these similarities to the U.S. government, I was just wondering if there was any document that was similar to the U.S. Constitution that the ASUO follows. Is there anything like that? Yep. We've got the... Green tape notebook, and we call it GTN for short. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like our governing, governing bylaws. Yeah. But we also have the Clark document, mm-hmm. which is in the GTN, but it's also a separate document, which um, it defines our relationship to the university and to the state. So that's actually recognized by yeah. like Oregon state law as well, which is what like protects us. Um, Gives us autonomy over $16 million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the green tape notebook, it functions in a similar way to the U.S. Constitution then, with having laws that dictate how the Senate and the judiciary branches work and all that? Yes, I would say our, the only thing that ours is different is that we don't have, like, laws against people, right? Like, we don't have, like, amendments that, like, gave people rights. <laughs> um, but it's similar, like, in how... It, like, defines how we can govern. Like, there's, like, a thing that says in there that the ASUO president can't change, like, their stipend, for example, um, because you wouldn't want someone self-serving to just, like, increase it or something. And, like, how how many people can be on certain committees and stuff like that. And speaking of stipends, are ASUO representatives paid in any way? We can't say paid. They're rewarded. Um, So... Rewarded. (laughs) Yeah, so the stipend that people who serve in the ASUO get um, is called um, like a a leadership reward. It's like a reward for being a student leader. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They do that so that they don't have to pay us hourly. Yeah. And so, yeah. So stipends and not everyone can get a stipend because they take it out of your financial aid. So once you're paid, it's considered a UO scholarship. So they take it out of your financial aid. So some people won't accept the stipend Mm -hmm. because it hurts their FAFSA too much. Um, That's something we're looking into, not just for like ASU, but like all students. Mm -hmm. And the stipend, it functions similarly with other student workers, Mm -hmm. correct? Okay. And I was also wondering if the stipend is an hourly. How does that 
how is this type been calculated then? I was just curious about that. It's, it's, they just, just someone decided how much money to give you and they gave it. Like, I'm, so I, I'll be transparent. I get $600 a month, um, but I work 40 hours a week for ASUO. And that's not including all the events that I have to be at for like students or like admin stuff that could be after hours. So that doesn't really add up hourly. Yeah. But um, someone said 600's good. At Oregon State, um, their student government um, like functions differently where they get um, they get like an hourly wage, but only up to, it's like capped at like 25 hours. Of course, they're working more than that, but they do it based on kind of an hourly wage. Um, whereas here, it's just kind of odd because like you're you're like always on call. <laughs> it's like being an RA or something. But yeah, you're kind of you function as if you have like a salaried position. I guess. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I mean. I, we get, like, emergency emails or texts mm-hmm. to be, like, hey, we need, like, an ASU rep here right now. Or, like, I have to be at, like, certain events that so does, like, President Schill and, like, you know, other administrators. But I'm paid, like, much lower than that. I'm a little curious about what you just said. You said that sometimes you'll get emergency texts asking for an ASU rep. What kind of emergencies are the – what kind of emergencies are <laughs> – could you um could you give some examples of the kinds of emergencies that an ASUO representative could be able to fix? You'll get like student groups who are potentially going through like some type of power struggle with like their staff, like staff versus student staff, like professional staff, and like sometimes like things like their budget is like not safe for the students like in the sense of like they could be budgeted out of their stipends or they they could lose like their mission statement or their policies that they've worked really hard to keep in place um or there's like i would say a lot of it is like admin versus staff and so or pro staff versus student staff so what they usually ask for is to have like an asu rep there who can define the lines of like well how much autonomy do the student staff have say because initially most of these student unions are led by students so we recognize them as that and so we kind of hold the ball sometimes in telling like staff to to like back up is usually what i would say or they're like we don't know how this uh you know how this meeting's gonna go but we'd like someone who can be there to speak up for us or Mm -hmm. to like sometimes people don't want um like in certain task force groups or committees they like don't want to be like the only student who voices it so like being an asuo member we're like not like an admin so if they tell us like hey we want you here for this reason you have like now more students in the room um who can say the kind of like not fun things to say but they can't really do anything about whereas a student could get in trouble sometimes for saying or speaking up against people so we are unfortunately nearing the end of our time here Mm -hmm. but i do just have one last question for y'all so Oh, I'll ask Maria first. Why why did you join ASUO in the first place? Like this year or last year? Last year. At all, even, you know? <laughs> I think it was very different reasons. Uh, last year, I think... Um, last year you were a senator, correct? Mm-hmm. I was approached by Vicky Gim to run, and... Vicky Gim is... The former vice president of last year's ASUO. But... Um, she asked me to run because I was like involved with the multicultural center, and um, I honestly didn't know too much about it. Besides that, I knew as like a student group, you have to go and ask money from Senate. So that was my experience was like asking this like 
big body of people for like money that you know that you need and I didn't really like how I felt being on the other end of that and so I was like I want to get in and like make sure people get their money that's honestly what I wanted to do when I got in I was like I'll make sure student groups get their money because a lot of senators don't really know how student groups work or at least that time they didn't our senators are better. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you get involved? Why did I get involved? I'm I... s- sorry to interrupt, yeah. actually. You mentioned that there were two different reasons why you wanted to join ASU. When you wanted to become a senator versus when you wanted to, wanted to run <laughs> for, for president. president. <laughs> Could you talk about yeah. that a little bit more, actually? <laughs> I didn't want to run for president at first. Um, but I think I ran on two big feelings. Um, fear and anger fear because I feel like I was scared that like I was scared that students wouldn't be represented in the ways that I think that they should be like I I I feel like I've said this a lot but like I really hate the fact that the UVO likes to market diversity and inclusion but I don't feel like they necessarily understand what that means or like actually uphold to that and and they talk a lot about students of color and queer students and trans students and how much like oh we're so friendly to them here but um like those students don't have leadership positions on our campus and like you don't even see that in admin you don't really see like those identities like really in those spaces so I was like no one's gonna advocate better for myself and my community than me and like people who are in those communities so that was it and then in anger because I feel like so many of my friends have been priced out of this university that I was kind of like mad and like tired like I've, I've been a part of protests and I was like really just like mad about like yelling about things and like talking about things and like trying to talk to the right people about them but not being a stakeholder like not being a decision maker so I wanted to be a like a stakeholder in that well I'll let you know how I feel about it at the end of the year though (laughs) (laughs) um I joined last year I was like an intern initially um but I joined after I got connected with a lot of state legislators and realizing how messed up like education is um and how how many barriers there are I, w- I really wanted to be a part of something that allowed me to make change um and i think asu i think that's why i ran for bp is because i see the asu as a really big vessel for um social change to occur because we have like the funds to do so but also um i, I mean I, like as a black woman you look for representation in places because you're like okay, hopefully this person can speak for me. But like, once you get into the positions, you're like, oh, now I can, I can be that representation and I can, um, create the change that like I need. And also I know that like my peers need. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. And you just heard us talk about what the ASUO is exactly. And again, I'm Ryan Wynn and this has been ASUO and you. Is there anything else that you two would like to add actually? Y'all should run. If you ever want to run, (laughs) run. Just try. Well, thank you for listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. And my name is Ryan Wynn. Thank you.